0: This is It's Something in the Air podcast. It's our mid-month weather chat where we go away from Dave Robinson. Of course, we love him, but we go away from him in the monthly recap and we turn to another voice, uh, somebody who's from South Jersey, who has connections to South Jersey, who can talk about South Jersey. And for this episode, I am very happy to have on Friend of mine, known him for about nine years now, South Jersey native, uh, Dr. I will say doctor when I talk to him, Dr. Adam Rainier. Dr. Rainier, thanks for being on today.
1: Thank you for having me, Mr. Martucci. I'm glad to be here.
0: Wow. Well, Mr. isn't as important as doctor. So uh, just just tell everybody uh, what your title is right now and uh, where you're from and where you're living at right now.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm a visiting assistant professor uh, at Westchester University over in Pennsylvania um, in the Department of Communication and Media. i um, been there for about a month and a half now. I was originally from Salem County. Uh, I lived there for the first uh, 18 years of my life or so before I went off and got to enjoy the state school of New Jersey Rutgers University and... Uh, Made my way back here back to uh, the Mount Laurel Burlington County area. So still South Jersey native hanging out in South Jersey and enjoying it down here and looking forward to uh, another South Jersey winter that's going to be starting soon. So that'll be nice.
0: And early indications from what I've seen is that we could have a early start to winter. So
1: I hope so. It feels like we're gonna skip fall this year. That's kinda what it's feeling like.
0: I know. I know, <laughs> I know. Well we yeah, we had a ninety six degree day, at least at AC Airport <laughs> on the October I'm trying to remember now, I think it was the second, it was the Wednesday, yeah, the second. And uh you know, we got lows in the thirties coming up on Friday night. But uh you're also <laughs> uh, uh fancy football league buddies with me and I'm playing you this <laughs> week appropriately enough I, and you won't
1: trade I with me. I did not know that. I did not know that we were playing this week, but I will mention that I'm in first place. Uh,
0: yes, you are in first place. You have the most points scored. I am trying to work my way up. Big. I'm on a big one-game winning streak. And uh, I know you have some interesting guys that I could use, like Alvin Kamara, uh, that you don't want to trade for. Although now, you have no tight end, so you might want Evan Ingram.
1: Yeah, I might might have to do something. We'll see about that. All
0: right, we'll talk about that afterwards. So when was the first <laughs> time – I'm trying to remember. When was the first time uh, we met each other? I, I've got to imagine – so you're, you're younger than me. So it was definitely yeah. Rutgers. I'm going to guess it was a meteorology club meeting, but maybe you know better than I do.
1: I I would guess probably the same thing. It had to be either meteorology club or maybe some early RUTV weather watcher meeting. I'm not I, I honestly don't even remember. Uh I know I knew you sophomore year because you would you would come down to the studio which was on my floor in Perry Hall. So right. uh it had to be fresh late freshman year at some point, your sophomore year. But yeah, I'm not really you, sure. And you were just the coolest kid in town. So that that's why <laughs> Yeah, yeah so. coolest floor leader.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, coolest floor leader. So Adam actually used to work for me, although now with the doctorate, he might be above me. So we'll, we'll say it's a little odds and ends. But, but let's get back on topic here. The reason why I wanted to bring you in was talking about hurricane messaging. And really, you focused a lot on messaging in general in the weather community. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. being that we are still pretty much in the thick of hurricane season, remember, everybody, Sandy came at the end of October. I wanted you to. T- uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a two part question at you. One, I'm gonna go back to your mm-hmm. past. Um, you know, I remember back in the day that you were uh, really interested in. In broadcast meteorology and now you mm-hmm. um, you know kind of use that interest to generate what you're doing now so what kind of brought you to that like pivotal moment where you decide hey i want to you know be more in the uh the research realm and in now teaching realm and uh what are you currently working on
1: yeah so uh i guess the easy answer would be hurricane sandy i mean just like you mentioned you had a passion for weather i had a passion for weather my whole life too and Uh, I thought I wanted to be on TV doing the the Rutgers television stuff. And then uh, when Sandy happened, it was a very, you know, I mean, it was a crazy week across the whole state, but it was a really crazy weekend and week at at Rutgers when classes were canceled and uh, just seeing the damage firsthand. It just kind of shifted my perspective. I remember writing an editorial for the Daily Targum. I think before we even had our power fully restored, just about, you know, how could so many people not evacuate and not heed the warnings and, you know, just it seemed like people weren't paying attention to the weather when, you know, we don't get too many storms that are kind of that severe. And so uh, I guess I started to ask more like psychological and communication and media questions rather than maybe being the person disseminating the warnings or being in front of the screen and talking to people about what the weather forecast is going to be like. I wanted to kind of understand uh, the, the receiver's perspective, the audience member's perspective, and. You know see what they're thinking when they're deciding whether or not to evacuate and you know what hindrances might potentially uh, keep somebody from evacuating or paying attention to the weather or trusting it or finding the meteorologist's credibility and so got down this wormhole of uh you know starting to look for grad schools and figuring out how i could combine my journalism and my meteorology experience and communication was that field and it's kind of taken off from there uh it led me to my it really was nice because I got to bring it all full circle with my dissertation project. So I got to look at um, whether or not we trust a meteorologist, broadcast meteorologists, more or less based off of their sex and based off of their uh, race. And um, you know, it was just kind of neat to be able to take things that you see firsthand in the field that occur um, between somebody on TV and the people on social media or the people consuming the media. Um, And just understanding some of what's going on, what might lead somebody to find somebody more credible or less credible or more trustworthy or less trustworthy. And uh, broadcast meteorology is a really unique field because it requires such a unique personality, uh, a good skill set, a good communicator, as well as that science knowledge and um, you know, scientists often don't have a lot of those skills, or at least they don't necessarily maybe leverage them the way they could to get their message across, to get their point across. So broadcast meteorology is a unique field in that sense. And I think it's, it's really cool to be able to explore it. And um, I, you know, I hope to kind of continue doing so. So uh, yeah, I've done a lot of kind of projects that go across a couple of different areas, like you mentioned, with studying hurricanes, fortunately, not hurricanes in our area anytime recently, but hurricanes Uh, like that have affected Florida and seeing how emergency managers might communicate with the public or if they even communicate with the public, because, you know, there are so many sources to get information from and when people can't find the information they want, they'll turn to a different source. And sometimes that second source might not be the emergency manager. It might be uh, a a very non-credible blog or just a friend or a colleague or somebody who's not a scientist or whatever. And, yeah, you know, we just want to make sure that people are getting their information from the best possible sources and the best possible places, so they have the proper information to equip themselves with when they're trying to make, you know, sometimes life or death decisions or decisions with financial ramifications. So uh, it's been really enjoyable, and um, hope to kind of continue working in this area. I've kind of taken a brief lull in my research, just a you know a little bit of a break because I don't I, I worked so hard on my dissertation, just finished up in August, and now I kind of. Have focused on my teaching, but definitely going to get back into it and you know continue working along the lines of social media and weather and understanding how we have those dialogues and how we acquire information on social media because that's just such a useful tool in today's world. As I, I know you know because I see you using it so well and so successfully to engage with people in South Jersey. So uh, it's a really cool experience. And it's a neat, neat research area. It's really fun to talk about oh adam look at you flattering me saying i'm doing such a great job in south jersey he's just saying
0: that you're fitting Uh, right in no one even know you're a north jersey transplant listen that that's a rabbit hole i don't want to go down right now Uh, i want to talk about more pressing matters but we can talk about where exactly i'm from in new jersey another time Uh, and i want to talk about the gender stuff another time too in terms of race Mm -hmm. and gender and meteorology but you know going back to messaging like if i had to say adam Give me a letter grade for how good our hurricane messaging is. What would you give it right now, and why would you think that?
1: Mm, Are you talking like National Hurricane Center?
0: I'm talking about in the United States. So, uh, yeah, Uh, I think I know what you're getting at. You're saying maybe different sectors say it differently, but I'm talking about – let's talk about the National Hurricane Center. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think the National Hurricane Center is excellent. I think they do a really, really good job, and I think it's backed up with – um, it's good messaging. It's consistent and strong messaging. They're not the kind of organization that uh, puts out a forecast that shows, you know, a landfall or an area affected, and then all of a sudden shifts it 500 miles in three-hour difference of a forecast. They're, you know, they're consistent and they don't, uh, you know, they don't make an extreme, drastic change on one model run or one kind of finding. I'd say, you know, I, I, I don't know. A B plus, A minus, maybe just to right. not. Uh, you know, not give them credit where it's due, because I definitely think they, they do a really strong job, and they are, probably, I don't know if they are the best at the messaging out of all of our NOAA organizations, but they're really strong. I mean, they're working under pressure, um, and they have a longer lead time than someone like the SPC, where, you know, you're kind of making an immediate decision off of something you're seeing pop up right in front of you, but their consistency is, is really beneficial and really useful, and that's really what Helps promote people in action is that consistent message and hearing it over and over. I will say though that it is sometimes on the user to be able to find the information, and they have a lot of products, and sometimes those products aren't necessarily conveyed or shown the best way, and that's not necessarily a fault to them because you know it's not always there. They're not really in the business of kind of disseminating too widely they're more about getting the information out there and then other people kind of have to piggyback off that and disseminate so sometimes you see things like maybe broadcasters take their map and manipulate it or alter it or edit it, or you know do these little things that can lead to some you know some subtle confusion in people and that's just really what you want to avoid but the national hurricane center as themselves as an organization definitely I'll give them an A minus, just not to cop out and say A plus or. A+. <laughs> right, <I> mean, <laughs> there's always room for improvement too, you know? and, Certainly,
0: and I would say I do a good job. And You know, so, some of the main changes that we've seen over the past couple of years, I, I think have been really great. I mean, one, of the, I think the most important one is that now you can have. Uh, an invest, or it's it's something that they're watching. So it's not a tropical depression, it's not a tropical storm, mm-hmm. it's not a hurricane, it's just an invest. And you can actually, mm-hmm. National Hurricane Center will actually put tropical storm warnings in place for locations where they think that invest will go, as long as they believe that invest will turn into a tropical storm. We didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a- another thing, too, is when you go to their website, hurricanes.gov, when you're clicking on a storm, it'll have key messaging, and that's something we haven't seen, you know, we didn't mm-hmm. see 10 years ago either. So you know, I, I know you weren't specifically involved with it, but what went into that process to get the National Weather Service to, you know, really connect with the people? And touching on something you were saying earlier about why broadcast meteorology is so unique, what you're trying to say is there's a bunch of weather nerds out there who know how to speak weather, <laughs> but we need to speak lay people's terms uh, for the people to understand. So just kind of tie all that in there.
1: Yeah. So I think, I mean, the National Weather Service, as well as other organizations among NOAA are really good at embracing social science now. And they understand that we need to understand what people want and how people interpret things and how people understand things. Otherwise, our messages will be lost, even if we do communicate them, you know, somewhat effectively or somewhat widely. If it's not the way people receive it or the way people understand it, or it's too jargon filled, then people aren't going to know how to act on it, or they're going to spend time trying to find more information to learn how to act on it so things like those key messages are really important I think social media has kind of maybe uh, pushed us towards this idea of shorter messages maybe even texting as well like we want shorter messages and we have shorter attention spans and we don't spend as much time with our meet with one specific piece of media at a time we're multitasking and all of that now so having key messages and you know being consistent with them and repeating them over and over is really important. And you make a good point about being able to warn something like, or put out a watch or a warning or whatever on something like an invest now, because um, we've had a lot of storms recently, which you know have kind of meandered along the coast or have maybe formed within a 24 to 48 hour time cycle of being a concern to the National Hurricane Center or something we really started to watch. And you know, that's just not always enough time to give people uh, forewarning so that they can evacuate or so they can prepare as so they can go to the store and buy supplies or get their gas or the generator ready or whatever. And so sometimes in meteorology, we kind of like categorize or limit ourselves into a box. And then we realize that, uh, you know, we maybe need to be a little more fluid or a little more flexible with how we, you know, maybe assign warnings to things or assign watches to things. And. Uh, some of our rules have you know kind of changed over the years and I think it's for the better I think it it goes along with what people want because they always you know test these messaging strategies publicly and they always try and make sure that um, they're you're giving the consumer the audience the public what they really want and need in that information uh, so I think it has been very very beneficial and the fact that they're willing to embrace change even with something like the cone for example which hasn't seen, immense changes but has seen subtle little changes over time to make it easier to digest and easier to interpret. I think that's really important and it's it's good to see because, you know, again, you don't want that science to be lost or you don't want to have to rely necessarily on an entirely other sector within meteorology to do your communication for you if you can kind of handle some of it just by simplifying your products or making them more timely or making them more digestible for the public. So. It is really nice to see those changes. sometimes in government, they are a little slow, but that can sometimes be for the better too, because we don't always want to make drastic changes based off of you know one event or one storm or one occurrence when we know that you know things in weather can happen one time and then we might never see it again in our lives. So sure. uh, it is good to see those kind of things, definitely.
0: Sure. And, you know, speaking of government, um, really, I think this hurricane messaging kind of came to a head a little bit last month when uh, President Trump came out with a map of the National Hurricane Center forecast Mm -hmm. uh, for Dorian and put Mm -hmm. a Sharpie uh, extending the cone of uncertainty uh, into Alabama. And, you know, I'll I'll just kind of give a real brief synopsis here. What uh what was the confusion in terms of the communication was that at one point in time, there was a risk for tropical storm forest winds in a small part of Alabama. That was mm-hmm. actually before when he made the addition to the cone with the Sharpie. So he would have gotten mm-hmm. new information by then. But it was uh, interesting because we were texting back and forth and, you know, you said something that stuck out to me and you said, you know, I, I see – There's confusion with people with all this hurricane messaging sometimes. I know you're saying that, you know, National Hurricane Center does a great job and we're not going to talk about Mm. politics, but yeah, and and it wasn't right to do that with the Sharpie, but just Mm. what, what were you referring to in that
1: instance? Yeah, there's a lot of products. And I mean, I know the map, and I think I'm sure you do too, to know the map that put the whatever it was, ten percent or twenty percent chance for tropical storm winds into uh this uh I guess it was in the Alabama, maybe in the Mississippi, I'm not exactly sure. But um, just you know, there was Yeah, okay, so just Alabama. So there was a map that suggested that, but then you have to take a step back and say, Okay, it's a ten percent chance or a twenty percent chance or whatever, and on top of that it's tropical storm force winds, So it's kind of the lowest category of our winds that we, you know, worry about or we categorize hurricanes in. So, you know, it's not like it was like, Oh, there's a 10% chance for category five winds. And it, it, it was just kind of a messy situation. I think it just illustrates how something can be, I don't wanna say blown out of proportion, but something can be misconstrued pretty easily or misunderstood pretty easily, I guess would even be a better way of saying it, just because there are a lot of products out there and each of those products, each of those maps, each of those forecasts or each thing that they focus on are very important to specific populations or to specific groups that are interested in them, but when somebody, doesn't necessarily understand what it's saying or what it means, you know, it can be easily misconveyed down the road and, you know, it just becomes kind of the snowball going down the hill until it's kind of too hard to stop and we really can't, you know, tell people, no, no, this is what the actual message is or this is what the actual risk is. And so that's the kind of things that, those are the kind of things that you really want to avoid when you're, you know, consistently communicating a message over and over. And I mean, there are other things, yeah, like you said, to get back to the politics of the situation. But it's just disappointing because um, you hate to see it happen to such a strong, credible organization and see something like that happen with an organization that does so well and puts uh, out so many strong forecasts and so many good products because uh, it's not really fair and it's not its not something you want to see when, you know, we don't have uh, – when, you know, we need more funding for science and we need more funding for environmental issues. And we need more research in these kind of areas. And, you know, you just don't want that narrative to kind of start to build or to have any, any water to it for any group of people. So yeah, it's just an, it's an unfortunate situation. And I'm sure it won't be the last one we have. There's always going to be errors and maybe it won't be that extreme, but you know, I'm sure we'll see situations in the future where uh, things are misconstrued or misunderstood a little bit or, edited or altered a little bit. It just doesn't lead to the, the right downstream effect or outcome. Got it. Got it. And turning things closer to home, being this is a New Jersey
0: podcast, <laughs> how, how do you feel, you know, are there any differences that, whether it's us in the media or with our local National Weather Service offices, should really focus on what we're talking about, you know, inevitably that, inevitably that one day where we do get a tropical system that makes landfall in New Jersey?
1: Um, I think people are starting to realize the importance uh, along the coast Um, when a storm like you saw with the recent nor'easter, for example, comes up the coast and doesn't even necessarily have to be a tropical storm or a category or whatever. It can just be a low pressure system that really doesn't even, you know, hit the coast, if you want to call it that or say that it really just brushes on by or breezes on by. and. Um, It has effects on other areas of our environment. So the ocean, for example, or the tides and not necessarily affecting the tides, but the tides coming in further or uh, getting in somebody's backyard or somebody's driveway or causing local coastal flooding. And I think people are starting to see that it's not all just about what's falling out of the sky anymore. Um, And that's kind of maybe the way we used to think about things. And I think this discussion has come up a little bit with winter as well, because we've had um, some recent years where we 've had blizzards where they haven 't necessarily been the heaviest snowstorms, like we haven 't gotten twenty five inches we might have gotten you know ten inches or something like that, but we realize that there 's another impact, the wind that you know is then decreasing visibility, and there 's these kind of impacts that are related to each other and play on each other, and we have to start thinking in those impact kind of terms, and I think people are starting to realize that um, I think people are starting to realize that. It's not necessarily about what is just falling out of the sky it's about how is this going to impact my specific area even though it might impact another specific area slightly different so i think people in our area are starting to really realize that um you know in the broadcasting industry definitely in the national weather service in other industries that rely on the weather information and that's really important because It's definitely important for tropical systems, but it's also important for things like nor'easters that we get in the transition seasons. It's also important for snowstorms that we get mainly in the winter. And, um, you know, just so our message is most effectively communicated and you don't hear the old adage that the weatherman's always wrong after the storm is over. uh, I think that's really important to making sure that people uh, understand and act on a risk when it when it is definitely worth acting on. Very good. Adam,
0: we'll, uh, we'll let you go. I know you only had a couple of minutes here, but uh, where could we follow you if we want to find some more info about you?
1: Uh, you could follow me on my Twitter if you were very inclined. I, you, you have some to uh,
0: interesting tweets about
1: uh, more than just
0: weather, usually about the Phillies. Yeah, I
1: was, yeah, was going to say it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of Philadelphia sports. If you're not a Philadelphia sports fan, maybe you don't want to give me the follow, but you can <laughs> find me at... at Ayy underscore dam, so Adam, as A-D-A-M. my first name would indicate, and you know you probably search me by my name as well, and you'll see my "Fly Eagles Fly" and trust the process and fly or die or whatever else in my bio there, and you'll know you found me pretty well. So uh,
0: I'll tell you what, downstairs in our first floor, we have number of Sixers wins in our office going around right now. We have about <laughs> twelve people, so we're recording this before Sixer season. What do you think? I have fifty-four
1: uh right i would take the over on that i'll say 58. Yeah. i would like to say 60 but i'll say 58 yeah you got to give him some rest so i'll okay. say 58.
0: well ben Simmons did find his three-point shot so i think we're good now
1: yeah i think ben Simmons might be in the uh the early mVp candidacy we'll see how that goes right. maybe a that.
0: Little, maybe a little bet for you uh sports bettors out there in new jersey ben Simmons on MVP. also flyers are
1: flyers are still undefeated in uh, regulations so we got to talk about that too
0: Carter Hart. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that we'll be talking again on the podcast before the end of hockey and basketball season. Uh, sounds good. Touch on a couple of different topics with you. Um, I know you're going to the American meteorology society conference in January. Mm-hmm. I hope to be there. If I am there, maybe we'll do something then. If not, of course, we'll see each other at some point and I will definitely see you Thursday night for the start of fantasy football. So with oh, that, yeah, Absolutely. Adam, thanks for the time, my man. We will chat again soon. Everybody, this is Something in the Air podcast. We'll be back with you around the turn of the month, October into November, as we talk with Dr. Dave Robinson, good friend of Adam's, as well as we recap the month that was in South Jersey. Until then, take care, everybody.